Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. I fell in love again. All things go. All things go. Drove to Chicago. All things know. All things know. Put up the fire and set me free. Put up the fire and help me let it be. Hello again, friends in podcast land, and welcome to episode 99 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're bringing you a special Chicago Fire preview podcast, live from Thunderbird Stadium, as the Whitecaps do their last training session in Vancouver before flying east to Chicago on Thursday, looking for their first win of the new season. Uh, And uh, would we classify this as a must-win? Definitely, definitely a must win. <laughs> uh, Every game's a must win. Uh, sure, why not? Uh, I, but I, I had money on us going thirty-four and zero. It's like now, it's over. Yeah, yeah. it's gone. Uh, but a definitely um, a winnable game. If not a must win, it's definitely a winnable game uh, against Chicago. They've never won in Chicago. Never won in Chicago. So they, and and so they, it's a it's got a good opportunity to do. Chicago has improved a little bit, but they've they've run into a lot of injury issues as well. So we're we're going to talk about the the game coming up. We've got some fantastic interviews, which I did down in Portland uh, pre-season. So we've got those coming up with a couple of the Chicago players and Frank Yallop as well. Now, Chicago, they started their season with a loss. 2-0 defeat away to LA. They, they never looked like winning that game. But this is the first time they're going to have played in Chicago for a long, long time. They did their pre-season on the road. They started off in the UK. They had a couple of games over there. Then they came to the Portland tournament. So now they started the season off in LA. Yeah, started in LA. So now they're they're back in Chicago for the for the first time in a long time. And the Toyota Stadium pitch, the tarps only got taken off that on Monday. Oh wow! Okay. So they're hoping it's, it's going to be frozen. Well, it's. Their training pitch at the moment is actually covered in snow. Okay. So this week they're training on turf. The okay. whole week they're not training on grass at all. Yeah. Which to me seems a little bit strange. But it's how good that pitch is going to be. That Frank Yallop did a conference call on Monday. And we'll, we'll hear a little bit of that later in the podcast. And, and he was saying he thinks it's a week. Give it time to air, get settled in. He doesn't think it's going to be a problem. But Cal Robinson's expecting quite a bumpy pitch and a... That that there's, could there's, affect our flair. There's players. no chance it could be postponed this game, right? Oh no, definitely not. Oh. Not at all. It's just going to be a horrendous pitch yeah. that, that's there. Chicago are also they're playing Notre Dame midweek. Um, so by the time you listen to this, the, the game's probably going to have been played. And it's the every player that did not play against LA is going to feature in that match because. Yallop just wants to have as many players as possible to have some kind of like match experience ready to go. So that that's going to be interesting to see how 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 they approach the game. But as to to go back to what you said, which seems like ages ago now, it's definitely a very winnable game for yeah. the Whitecaps. So before we we look too much more into the match, we're we're going to play you the thoughts of both coaches. Let, let's kick things off with that. So we're going to hear first from Whitecaps coach Carl Robinson talking about the game. And then from Frank Yallop's conference call on Monday, we're going to hear from the Chicago Fire Manager. They're a good team. They've got good players and, you know, bought in three new DPs as well, so... It'll be a good game. I know Frank inside out and Frank knows me inside out. So um, it'll probably be cold, it'll be bumpy and it'll be um, interesting. 
do you anticipate uh, shaking up your starting line? No, I think they played very well for 45 minutes, as I said. I think we could be better in areas. Um, you know, that's not saying there won't be any changes. There might be the odd change or two. Um, you know, I'll see how they are after the travel day tomorrow. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of positives to take. You know, as I said, we lost a game. You know, it's one game and, and we move on. So, um, you know, we would have liked to have won the game. Unfortunately, we didn't. But we you know, don't turn into a good team overnight and you don't turn into a bad team overnight. So... We just need to try and find a rhythm and a groove. Hopefully that will come on Saturday. If, if it doesn't, then it's got to come the Saturday after and vice versa. Um, the sooner we do it, the better. Um, the boys are relaxed. They're looking forward to um, getting on the road. You know, it's our first away game, so as we all know, it's difficult, but uh, we'll be okay. What's the forecast like? For Freezing, apparently. Yeah, yeah, very cold. So I'm assuming you might see some gloves and stuff um, with the Latin boys, but... You know, it's it's the same for both teams. It's no excuse. Yeah. You know, we'll but, get to but, work. But, but it's the same for both teams. But well, you it guys is. have had relatively mild weather here to practice. Yeah, it, right? we've been so, very lucky. Yeah. We've been very lucky. Um, they, Chicago have been training indoors. I know that Frank's had his group indoors, so they'll get a chance to play in front of their home fans for the first home game. So they'll be ramped up. We just got to be disciplined. We have got to be organised. And when we get our chances, uh, as we did on Saturday, we didn't take them. We got to take them. There's, there's no sense of you going into away games with a slightly different mindset or approach to home games. Is there a season? Is, is there a consistency with your game plan all the way? Through? Yeah, listen, we, we need to win games, and you know we all know that West is a strong conference, and um, you know throughout the season you'll have good times, bad times, and teams will have ups and downs. You know I could go and be hard to break down and uh, try and get a point on the road. You know, which I'm not saying I'm not going to do that, but you know. Draws are very difficult in this league. To you know, Chicago had a number of draws last year. I think 14 or 15. We had a number of draws, and sometimes draws can cost you um, moving up in the standings. So, you know, I, th- I think it's important you do take something on the road, and we'll try and go there. We'll try and be compact and uh, hard to break down. And you know, if they don't cons- if they don't score on us, we get a point. Uh, but having said that, we want to go and try and score. These these first three games are against Eastern Conference players, and they're just one game. So when you're looking at those one-off games against those yeah. teams in the East. Are you thinking try and take maximum points? Try, yeah, we try, try and win all the games. I said we were unbeaten against the East last year, and it was great. And you know the mindset this year was going in uh, unbeaten against the East again. Well, that's sadly gone straight away. And you know our unbeaten home record has gone straight away. So you know the only way is up for us now, which is good. Uh, well, what, what, do you, what do you see like sort of heading into this game? Like what what sort of, I know coaches worry about everything. Yeah. What, what sort of is your thing that you're? I don't sort of worry about oh, things. On, know you know, you. <laughs> there's things that I know we can yeah. improve on, and yeah. you know, there's worrying is. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of worse worries for people that, rather than me as a coach of this team, which is a fantastic organisation. But they got three new designated players, three you know exciting players from uh, Akam, the boy Kennedy, and Sean Maloney. So you know they had a difficult year last year, so they tried to freshen it up. So it's a little bit uh, the unknown. We played them in pre-season. We know they got good technical players, and they try. Frank's trying to uh, change certain areas of of the game the, the way they play. Um, so we'll be ready for it. We'll be prepared, um, and I'll go and enjoy the occasion. Well, we played against him, um, you know, a couple of weeks back, well, a week, ten days, I should say, um, in the Portland tournament. I thought they're, you know, they're a good side. I mean, they've been, they're a side that's been together a little bit now for a while, and I think they move the ball well. They're dangerous, in certain areas. I haven't analysed. I saw the game, um, watching other games as well on the weekend. I'll analyse it today. Really, you know, try to make sure that we we got all the stuff covered that Vancouver are going to throw at us. But having gone against them close up, you know, they're a good side. And, um, you know, good side. They made the playoffs last year, which is very a tough division to do that. And they did that. So, And they haven't changed a ton uh, from that group. So, um, tough game. But, uh, you know, we're at home. We're expected to, you know, get on the front foot and, and make the game. And um, I don't see any different from us this, this game. Um, you know, tough game last weekend for us. But, and I'm sure Vancouver will want to bounce back from their first game with a... Obviously lost at home, so you know expect a good game. It'll be a hard one, but um, one that we're looking forward to. Yeah, hey Frank, uh, quick question on Pamadu Carr and also Kendall Waston. What do you see in that partnership, and how exactly can the Fire get at them? They seem a little bit flat-footed, in my opinion. Looking at that whole Vancouver team, they're very impressive. But I'm just trying to figure out any areas that the Fire can really exploit them. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, we played against them. They're, they're two big, strong boys, and um, they're very aggressive to the ball. They want to close close players down and get uh, get tight on guys. You know, we got to we got to try to exploit if there isn't the space behind them, around them, and and, and catch them coming in tight on us. So, um, but you know, again, it's early in the season. They're going to find their feet. 
you know, we're still finding our feet a little bit. So, you know, we just got to make sure we're just not just concentrating on those two. We got to get wide and get good service in the box. We got to, you know, we got to counterattack. We got to do all the things that we're supposed to be doing and doing well um, against them. But they're, they're, again, they're they're a good side. That you know, they've added Boston played last year. Cars joined, uh, but he's an experienced player that's played in the league and they haven't missed the beat. So. Again, excited again for this weekend, and, and I want to see what we got and, and uh, see some real emotion and, and some, some good plays in front of our fans. So that was the thoughts of Frank Yallop and Carl Robinson on Saturday's game that's coming up. It's going to be a tough one. Um, we don't really know what to expect from Chicago. That's a problem. Even though the White Cats have played them in pre-season and we saw them against LA, they could be a whole different animal uh, at home. And Frank Frank Yallop needs to kind of get off to a winning start. And I think the worst thing that could happen for Chicago is if it ends up as a draw. Yeah, they've had a ton of draws last year, so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, come out. Um, you think you know, opening game of their season at home. They And they haven't been, like you said in the uh, the introduction, they, they haven't been home at all very much. Um, and this is their first time they're training, and they're training indoors. Um, they're not even training outside, so they're kind of not getting used to the weather either. So it might be an even up on that. It all depending on the pitch, whether, you know, the you know they, the Chicago can grind something out or and by negating um, Vancouver's uh, overall talent. And as Carl said there, it's going to be the, the first away game for a lot of the guys. There's going to be lots of gloves on display from the South Americans because yeah. they're going to be freezing. He also said in his, his piece there that there may be some changes. I mean, what, what do you see from the starting lineup for, for the Whitecaps? Do you think there's going to be any wide-scale changes or just a few tinkers? I, I think there's... I, I don't think he might make too many changes. Um, if I, and So I, I'm going to say what I would change, um, essentially. And that's, uh, with them playing the, uh, it looked like a 4-4-2 uh, Chicago, and it looked kind of looked like a diamond when they were playing L.A. I'm thinking maybe move Morales into a deeper role. I would put uh, Mesquita at, you know, in the attacking midfield behind Rivero. And instead of ta- taking Tybert off, I would maybe move Tybert to a left uh, position, left wing position on the wide side and maybe bring Kakuta off the bench in this game and, 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 and see if they could what they could do in that first uh, 45 minutes and kind of develop something instead of worrying about speed too much. I, I'm kind of with you on that. The, the problem you have if you, if you take Kakuta out of it is there's not a lot of pace left in that team because I, I want to see Mosquito get a chance and Carol talked on Monday that one of the options is to drop Pedro a little bit deeper have Mosquito maybe playing the number 10 role, then what, what do you do then? It's the, like, the, I mean, the, do you put Tybert, as you say, no, on, the, on the right wing, maybe Rosales on the left? Or the, there's just, I mean, Vancouver are known as a pacey team. You take Kakut out of the team, they don't actually have any pace then. No, but All the, the pace is on the, the bench. The reason why I'm saying this is because there is enough space out there that maybe you don't need the pace and you need more uh, ingenuity in, in, in creating something from a wide area and maybe, maybe send more crosses into the thing. Um, well, the, I, the, 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 the center backs that they have, uh, Chicago, that they started against is a young guy named Gehrig, who I don't know too much about. And they also, they dro- they've dropped uh, from a holding midfield position, uh, Jeff Laurentowitz, who is an MLS veteran, who is normally, like we said, a holding midfielder. So maybe you can take advantage and, and send some balls into the box um, that Rivera could connect to and maybe Mesquita can get a, 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 by playing behind him. So I think uh, if they can send some of those, maybe they can take advantage of that. Because they're more of a, uh, with the, their their midfield is going to be compact, so there's going to be space in the wide. Why do they need that much pace? There is also the the possibility that he might rest Myra Rosales yeah. or start him on the bench just because it's a travel east and it's cold too. It's cold. He said he actually went into Saturday's game. With so a maybe take bit of a Rosales knock. off and, and put Manny instead of that position. Well, I, I'm thinking he might try Mosquito on the right. They did that for one of the preseason games. I think it was actually the last one against Chicago. Yeah. They, they had Manny on the left and Mosquito on the right. And it did work in the first half. And then tired legs got the better of them in the second. So I really wouldn't be surprised. I, I think we'll definitely see Mosquito starting. And I think Rosales could be the guy to drop off. I also think we'll see some changes on the bench. And I expect either Marco Bustos 
or Kian's froze or both of them on the bench. But my gut is, after the way that he played for Whitecaps 2 in a friendly against UBC on Monday night, I think we're going to see Marco Bustos get his first game day 18 appearance and being wow. on the bench. And I also think he'll get some minutes. Wow. It's away from home as well and it's less pressure yeah. on him. To, to bring him on in a game like that so sure. I think that's the, that's the time to blood someone like Bustos yeah So and, and who knows if Morales uh, struggles again maybe they need some kind of uh, pick me up in there in that spot Chicago itself uh, like, uh, like we said so many changes they, they also got some injuries too injury concerns uh, The one of their DPs uh, David Akam is, is out for it looks like for sure um, another guy who they're relying on for goals. Mike McGee is not even uh, has yep. been out for a while Injured with a hip well. surgery or something like that. And then, he's an old man now. Everyone has hips. And and there was a, a talk that their other DP Kennedy and I'm just going to say Kennedy because I can't pronounce the last name. Yeah. Um. He uh he he came off the LA game uh, with a niggle, but uh, we're not sure if that's going to be enough to keep him off off the starting eleven. So they're running into injury issues. Um. What do you see in there? And what did you see in Portland that? Uh, concerns you or maybe encourages you for the Whitecaps? Well, see, the thing is, I, I watched all three games that Chicago played down there and they didn't impress me uh, much at all. They, they is, didn't is look too of, bad against it, Portland. Is it because of the too many changes? I don't know. They, they, they don't seem gelling yet, but I don't see where their goals are going to come from. That's the problem. I think they're going to be solid at the back, maybe not right away. Their midfield is going to be good, but I just think they're, they're lacking a little bit of creativity. They are, because because if you look at the LA game, they, they, they had eight attempts, but only one even on target uh, during the whole 90s. So they really didn't look struggling at all. And, and people were saying, I didn't get to see the highlights, but people were saying that LA could have been easily up 3-4-0. Oh, yeah. The defence is going to be one of the keys, but the, the creative play is going to be one of the big things for them going forward. And it's how well their new DP my fellow Scotsman Sean Maloney does for them. And talking to Sean Maloney, I had the pleasure to have a, a lengthy chat with Sean Maloney down in Portland, just kind of discussing what it is that made him come over to MLS, what he's hoping from Chicago Fire, a little bit obviously uh, about Scotland, had to talk about that, his key crucial goal that he got for Scotland against Republic of Ireland recently, and just uh, a number of things about him. So here's Sean Maloney. So we're joined now by Sean Maloney. Um, Sean, you've not had much time to get used to things in, in MLS yet, but how are you finding life with the Chicago Fire so far? Life with the club's been very good. They've been very helpful. Uh, but pretty much, like you say, the last three, four weeks have been uh, very hectic. Um, I was very glad to, to get my visa sorted and get actually get back to the States to start the settling in period. And, uh, and obviously that's, uh, that's here in Portland. I know the, the first couple of games were actually over in England, so have you actually had any time to really settle in or see Chicago yet? I had about four or five days when I first signed. Uh, I was lucky enough that I got the first week's pre-season in, which was actually pretty important, so I met, met all my teammates, um, Baron David, who was away in the Wigana. So that was pretty important, uh, and yeah, I got to see some of the city, and uh, although with pre-season it's double sessions, you, uh, I didn't get to see overly much, but it was... Uh, I've got a pretty good feel for the city. Are you getting used to the cold yet? I'm, I'm from, I'm like from, <laughs> no, no, I'm from, I'm from Aberdeen, so it's like, uh, uh, I don't, Chicago's worse. <laughs> no, Chicago's is a bit colder, but it's, uh, I'm not exactly used to a tropical winter, so yeah. the weather doesn't bother me. Now, there's been a, a number of Scottish players come over to MLS in recent years, Vancouver's had Kenny Miller and another Aberdeen guy, Barry Robson. Yeah. Um, and Portland had Chris Boyd. Did you speak to any of those guys before making the decision to come over? No, I didn't. I um, I did, uh, particularly with Kenny and uh, uh, Barry Robson. I'd spoke to them during the time that they were here. Um, obviously, as I'm, I'm pretty, I've played with both of them, so pretty know them pretty well. So you tend to ask them how it's going, enjoyable, the what they're enjoying, what they're not. and um, But when it came to my own decision, I I didn't really want to have anyone else's um, input bar 
because it was my, my decision and I'm going to have to live with it and I think um, I'm pretty glad I did that because I, uh, I sort of threw myself like fully into it so it's uh, and I'm glad I'm really glad that I actually made that decision so I was going to ask you, what was it at this stage in your career that made MLS the right decision? You were obviously linked with Leicester City, that seemed to fall through. You'd been linked with Chicago before the, the Leicester interest kind of became public. So what was it that made you decide to come over here now? I think, uh, I think for, I think it had always been an ambition to to play in the league. Um, I think I wanted to experience a different country, um, and I think. That was always in my mind, and then when I found out that Chicago were interested, and I met the manager, and I spoke to the owner, um, I think I think I was sold. I was pretty much I bought into all the things that they were wanting to do. There's the, the club have had a tough time the last four or five years, and the owner has um, has really backed the manager in terms of who he wanted to bring in, and and I just uh, I sort of fully fully bought into the ideas that the manager and the owner were wanting for the club. How much have you actually got to see MLS over in Scotland and in England, and how much do you actually know about the league? Well, as as you know, it's pretty, it's still pretty, uh, or oh, it's got a pretty high profile in um, in the UK. Um, I think uh, there's games shown, and now obviously there's a Sky deal's been yeah. been done in the last 24 hours, so the profile will rise even more, but. It was. It's not an unknown quantity. The league. It was something that um, I've watched previously. So it was. Uh, it's uh, from from the UK. The profile's pretty high. One of the things that a lot of guys that come over from the UK they find it a little bit difficult, and not, not just from the UK, but just like foreign players particularly, is the amount of travel that's involved in the league. Has anyone warned you of? Some of the quirks of the league, like there's so much travel and that there's odd things as well, like media is allowed in the dressing room after games and all that kind of stuff. I am I'm aware of that, um, and uh, I don't I don't see the travel as as much a problem as it's made out. I think um, I understand the the vastness of the country means that you you have to travel and there's some um, reasonably long flights. Um, although we're pretty fortunate with being in Chicago, it's yeah, uh, pretty we're pretty central, so we're actually pretty pretty fortunate. Um, but that's all part and parcel of being in the league. I think if you sign for it, then you have to, or you will be aware of it. And again, it's part of the decision making. It's um, I've played in European games um, in Britain. I played in, uh, I play in international games um, where the schedule's even even tougher physically in terms of playing a game and flying that night. So you get back into the UK at two, three, four in the morning, uh, and then have to get back to your club that afternoon. So that's. That, I, I think that's pretty pretty hard, but that's obviously what has to happen. Um, with the with the MLS, they stay the night and then they fly back the following afternoon. So no, the travel I don't see as a it, it's just part and parcel of the league. You you have to accept it, or um, or if not, then um, then that's part of, that will be part of the reason why you probably don't uh, integrate into the league. Did you speak to Gordon Strachan before you came over? And has I mean, I take it you've not retired from international football. You still plan to play oh, for no, Scotland. Very, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you speak to him about your decision to come over? Kenny Miller, obviously with Vancouver, went back and, and still played games. And towards the end, it, it started to take its toll on him because it's long, long flights. But I mean, it's still you still plan to play internationally. A hundred percent. I'll um, I will uh, I'll be available for my country, and or I will continue to. To be available, I will. I will try a hundred percent to stay in that squad and to stay in the starting eleven. Um, and I did speak to the manager before, before the decision, uh, before I made the decision, and um, he was very positive on the idea. Um, and I was, uh, I was really glad that he was. Um, and it was, it was pretty simple. I, I asked him if um, if it would uh, have an impact on my international career, and he said no. And, he just uh, said, "Go where you are the most wanted, uh, and enjoy playing as many games as you can." And that's that's all he said. Now you, you scored the the game winner against Republic of Ireland. So just to indulge in some Scottish talk for a for a second, where does that rank in the goals that you've scored? Because I mean that was a huge goal for the Euro 2016 campaign. I'm I'm pretty hopeful that it's going to be part of a moment that that of us qualifying for the for the Euros. I think um, I think if we do qualify for the Euros, that that moment will probably be uh, magnified. Um, 
on a personal note, but I think I think generally it's it, it ranks. It was such a special moment for the team and obviously the individual moment. Um, yeah, very high. I think the the pressure. I, I I've I think yeah, as a as a professional, you're always there's a pressure to every game. Even even pre-season friendlies, there's a degree of pressure. But I think the, the pressure that we felt in that game, particularly being at home, and the necessity of winning the match, um, to have that moment that of just pure relief, I think, uh, or the majority of the moment was relief. It was a uh, yeah, it was a special time for for me and and the team. I think I think you saw with the celebration how much it meant to the whole team and. I was celebrating my living room. In yeah, well, look, it's uh, particularly in the stadium that, that we, the match was played. I think uh, it was uh, it was a special moment. It's um, when the stadium's full like that, and you're the uh, and you're the home team. It's uh, it's a really special place to play when you win. Just the very last thing, are you the kind of player that that sets goals for for this season? And if so, what are your goals? But what are your hopes for for this first season in MLS? No, I'm not. Um, I don't really set. Uh, Set too many individual goals in terms of goals, assists. Um, I think on. I think the only sort of personal target is to improve the team on 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 more than more than just obviously the my individual performance. Uh, I mean, try and create a team that is successful within the league. Um, and I think uh, I think pre-season we're starting to get there. Um, it's very difficult. We've got a lot of new players. Um, I think uh, I understand the responsibility that comes with being a DP. Um, the responsibility that the team will look look for me to have um, and the club. And I'm uh, look. I'm going to give it 100 percent, and I will. Uh, and I think that's the the most. I think uh, well that that is a sort of prerequisite of me signing. And uh, yeah, I hope it's a successful season. That's great. Thanks so much for your time, Sean. Wish you all the best for this year. Uh, Apart from against Vancouver in the 14th. That's great. Thanks so much, Sean. Cheers. So that was Sean Maloney there. One of Chicago's three new DPs this season and possibly the, the only one that might actually feature on Saturday. Yeah, there's uh, uh, David Akam. Um, he, uh, he had a growing pull, I think, in Portland itself, in the opener against Starback. Um, he's, he, was, he didn't play at all against LA, obviously. And yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely going to be out for, for quite a few games, as you can hear the Whitecaps players having lots of fun in the background. Um, Maloney's an interesting one for me because he's still quite in his prime and as you, as you heard in that interview there he's relishing coming over to Major League Soccer and he's he's treating everything about it like the fact that there's lots of travel the fact that, that there's playing on, on turf pitches and weird things like media coming in the locker room and everything like that to him that's just all part of the experience and what I like from, from that chat with him is He's a player that's come over, not with a big-time attitude. And, yeah, he's not a big name. He's not like a Gerard or a Lampard that, that's coming over from the Premiership. But, I mean, he's played internationally for Scotland. He still is going to play internationally for Scotland, as, as you heard there. Could be taking part in the Euros, hopefully, if Scotland get that far. But he's coming over with what I feel is the right attitude. That players, not just UK, but guys, but every foreign player that comes to the league needs to have that attitude that, yeah, MLS is a bit different. And let's embrace that and treat it as the whole experience. So I, I think he's going to do really well. It might take him a, a little bit of time to find his feet. He already got booked in the first game against LA. Yeah. I, I was thinking, oh no, he's going to get sent off now. And then the, the, this interview we've got is not going to be, be valid going into it. But I think he's going to do well for them. And he, he is a, a kind of a difference maker. Now the, the Whitecaps own DPs and own difference makers really kind of, they need to step up in this game. Rivero, this is going to be the first time of him playing an away game in MLS. He's going to be playing on a grass pitch. He in the cold. Well, I guess they're used to it a little bit down south as well. They have they have their times of the year when it gets cold there as well. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be the first time that he's had to have the experience of travelling. Yeah. And then Pedro, as we know, has struggled last season for yeah. away games. So it's how good he's going to be this year. And I think from a White Cats point of view, that is going to be the key. It's how well our DPs do. That that. 
that could could really be the difference maker in this game. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, uh, you don't discount the other guys stepping up too. They're going to need to step up as well. You were talking about Sean Maloney's great attitude. I think another player who will, who will be facing in the game with a with a great attitude and uh, is, is missed by a lot of people here in Vancouver is Matt Watson. You had a chance to meet up with him in Portland as well and talk to him about his you know time away. He hasn't visited Vancouver yet because they haven't played in Vancouver since he left, but uh, second time we're meeting against him. Yeah, and we'll, we'll just play that in a sec, but I, it was a great chat with Matt. We talked about the White Caps talked about his time in Chicago Fire and just the, the way that the transfer came about everything like that so without any further ado let's play our chat now with ex-Whitecap Matt Watson So we're joined now by ex-Vancouver Whitecap Matt Watson. Uh, just have a little bit of chat. So Matt, first of all, how did you find your first season with Chicago Fire? It was interesting, you know, obviously uh, moving to Chicago, it took a little while to settle in with, settle in with the family and that. Uh, but obviously great city, my teammates welcomed me straight away, you know, and I've got to play a lot more than I had in Vancouver, so that was a positive to take away, you know. Obviously it's a bit of a difficult season for us on the field, we drew a lot too many games and... Uh, you know, we didn't make the playoffs, that's always disappointing, but as far as like the organisation and teammates and things like that goes, great. Now, I, I checked the stats and yeah, you, you've played more minutes, yeah. you've played more games, yeah. everything than in Vancouver. Yeah. The move from Vancouver, although it seems great that you're doing well in Chicago, yeah. how out of the blue was that? Because to us watching, it just yeah. seemed like from nowhere. Yeah, it was kind of out of the blue, you know, I mean... Obviously, it was in pre-season, so I'm kind of preparing to be Vancouver. I came, actually, to this tournament with uh, Vancouver last year. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I think once I brought in Morales, it was going to be difficult for me to play. And, like, Robert just basically called me in uh, to his office and said, look, I think this is best for your career, you know, uh, for you personally. You know, he said, I'd love to, you know, keep you here and whatever, but you're going to be sitting on the bench, and I don't want that for you. So, he moved me on. I actually already previously knew Frank, so... I uh, went on trial at San Jose a while back and it didn't work out for me to sign, but he always kind of kept tabs on me and then the opportunity just arose. So, I mean, it, it was out of the blue and there was a bit of a shock to the family to suddenly have to move, you know, halfway across America. But yeah. nevertheless, that's the way it is, you know, and uh, we, we just have to settle and get on with it. That's the job. So Now, looking back quickly on your Vancouver career, yeah. would you say your highlight was that assist you gave Darren in the playoff game in 2012? Yeah, I mean, that, that's my personal highlight, I guess, you, I would say. I think, like, as a member of the team, my highlight would be uh, the performance in Seattle. We beat them 4-1, you know, just to be part of that team. And, you know, obviously, any time you beat Seattle, it was a big deal. And to beat them 4-1 at their place is, you know, it was amazing. But I guess the playoff thing is not that big because we didn't win. Ultimately, you know, it was nice to get an assist in that. And, you know, what could have been, we had chances to put that game away. And that would change things for me, I think. But, uh just not finish out the game feels like unfinished business you know something which you know I still think about now like I had the one chance and then it went to Kenny and to Barry and yeah. we didn't quite <laughs> put that game away so you know like sleepless nights about that still but uh, yeah the game in Seattle was one you know we put them away and it felt good so yeah Now you did grab your first MLS goal last year yeah. uh, against DC in yeah. September what, what was that like for, for anyone that didn't see it what was it like and how, how did it feel? Yeah I mean it felt good. I mean, when I hit the ball, I hit it hard, took a deflection, went in, you know. Again, we didn't win the game, so that took a little bit of the shine off it. But, I mean, anytime you score a goal, you know, it's amazing. And, yeah, for just since I've been in MLS, obviously, I haven't been putting the ball back in net, so it's something I want to concentrate on doing more. So, uh, hopefully, I'll get a few more this year. So, Frank Yallop's had a, a big clear out this yeah. year I think it was 16 players gone 14 brought in yeah. you're one of the ones that he kept which obviously yeah. shows that he, he values you as part of the team yeah. what does that mean to you knowing that you're, you are very much still in his plans yeah it means a lot you know as I said I've had a previous relationship with Frank and we've kind of always kept in touch same time we went to San Jose I kind of had a word with him and he's always wanted to have me here I think he knows what my game's about so I think that makes it easier I mean like as far as for me personally as far as off the field things like you never really have to worry about me and I think he values that and he knows I'm going to work hard on the field so I think for him it's simple you know he knows what he's going to get with me and for me like he, he's very much in the same light as in the sense he tells you how it is you know he, t- he makes it obvious what he wants from you he makes it very simple to play he makes you comfortable at ease so 
it's kind of I guess we kind of have the same vibe in that sense and yeah just to be you know still here as you say I had a big clear out and just to know that you know I'm in his plans for the future and that it means a lot to me and my family so now the Eastern Conference has got I mean you've lost two teams this year you've lost uh, Kansas City and Houston but you've gained the two new guys Orlando and New York yeah how do you see the Eastern Conference playing out this year yeah, it's going to be an interesting year, you know. Obviously, we have a you know a couple of big teams coming in, and spending a lot of money. So, there's definitely going to be some uh, you know difficult games, and it's going to be interesting what they're about. You know, I mean, the thing about this league is sometimes teams come in and they look all great on paper, and it doesn't pan out. We've seen it time and time again. So, it's really going to be interesting. Obviously, I have no idea about what their stadiums and things like that are going to be, but from what I see, it's going to be amazing. Some good atmospheres, and hopefully, we'll be some. You know, Eastern rivalries will pick up and make the games interesting. You know, as you say, we lost two good teams, but uh, we've gained hopefully two good more, more good teams, and it should be good for the league on a whole. I think, especially when it comes to playoff time. You know, you want you want the standard of the league to keep progressing. I think it's been progressing since I've been in the league. I've only been in it three years now, four years, and every year you can see the level of the league getting higher and higher. More bigger players coming in, and uh, the younger players, the standard of coming from college seems to be getting better as well. The development of the club seems to be getting better. I mean, Vancouver's a great example. They're bringing through a lot of great youthful players, and it's, it's amazing to watch, you know, and I think just as the league goes on, it's just going to keep getting better. So I'm excited to be part of it. That's great. Thanks for your time today, Matt, and good luck for the season ahead, and hope you get a few more goals. Thank you very much. Ex-White Cat Matt Watson there. And I've got to say, I've, I've spoken to a number of footballers over the years and I've got to say that, that Matt is one of the nicest guys that you're ever going to meet. Um, not even just in the football field, but just like in life. He's just mm-hmm. such a nice guy to talk to, always has time for you. Yeah, he, he's the kind of guy that if you're at, you, when, you know, we were at the training pitch and everything like that, he would come and approach you. You don't have to come approach him. And he talked to you for like, spent, give you like 10 minutes of talking, ask you how you're doing and stuff like that. So it was, it was a great guy and kind of missed in the... Uh, uh, Vancouver. And as you said in the interview there, he's the kind of player like a manager, Yallop, Robo, Rennie before him. Doesn't have to, to worry about what he's maybe going to get up to off the pitch. He's not going to be out partying. He's not going to be out getting into trouble. He's not going to be falling over bike racks. He's just a family guy. And that's what you kind of need in the locker room is a guy like that. He's become a fire starter yeah. uh, as, as we played you there. And it, although he misses Vancouver... It was the best move for him. It him was at there. the time because there was just with Matias Lava and a bunch of other players coming in. Uh, there was just no room for him, and and I think it was the best thing for him. And obviously the Caps uh, were able to make space for other players. And as he said, they're talking about that 2012 playoff game against LA. He thinks about it a lot, and it was interesting to hear him say that if he'd taken his chances and stuff, things might have been different. But reading between the lines. I, I see him meaning that he'd still be at the Whitecaps. Rennie might still be at the Whitecaps because yeah, oh, the, the, yeah, the Whitecaps would have won that game. Yeah. But I, as we say, I think it's turned out better for him. So he's going to be a familiar face for Whitecaps fans. A familiar face for Chicago Fire fans is going to be on the bench. We assume he's going to be on the bench anyway for the Whitecaps, which is going to be goalkeeper Paolo Ternaghi. Now, when Paolo first came over to MLS from Italy, he started off at Chicago Fire, made nine appearances over two seasons, never really got a chance because of the form of Sean Johnson, yeah. and then he, he's been at the Whitecaps. This is his fourth season now going into MLS, and in the whole time that he was here last year, we've never spoken to him. So we thought, was, what better time? There was no chance to speak to him. Oh, there, yeah, well, there was a chance. But well, there, no, I'm just saying, like there was no, yeah. no nowhere where it looked like he was going to get into a game. No, but we thought Chicago Fire's coming up. What better time to, to speak to Paolo Tornaghi than now? So here's our chat with Whitecaps goalkeeper Paolo Tornaghi. So we're joined now by Whitecaps goalkeeper Paolo Ternaghi. Uh, Paolo, 
looking forward to, to heading back to, to Chicago at the weekend after a couple of years there? Yeah, of course, you know, it was, uh, was my first American city, North American city where I live. So, yeah, I have a lot of memories, you know, at Toyota Park, you know, I play, you know, my first games in MLS. So, you know, it's something that, yeah, I look forward to go back there. Now, how did your whole move to MLS come about? I mean, when did you know that Chicago were interested in you and how, how did the, the deal go down to, to, to come over here? Yeah, well, it was the winter 2012 and, you know, through, through agent, of course, I knew that uh, the Chicago was looking for, for a goalie position as, you know, they had, you know, Sean Johnson there was, you know, playing several games with the national team for the Olympic Games for the American national team. So it was an opportunity for me to, to step in this league that, you know, is growing and I played there several games. So, yeah, it was, it was a good, you know, first step in MLS for me. And you're at the Whitecaps now, and I think everyone kind of feels you're one of the most patient guys around because you had to wait for your chance last season with David in such good form. But whenever we see you, you've always got a smile on your face. It's like you seem to have a great attitude. How, how hard is it, though, when you know that the goalkeeper ahead of you is playing so well and you just have to kind of either wait for him to make a mistake or some other thing to happen. Yeah, of course, but I don't want to lie. You yeah. like, of course, it's hard, but I think in, in a position as goal, you know, you have to, to sometimes, you know, deal with this situation where you are, you know, backup. So your position in the team is, of course, you know, to bring energy to all the guys. And for what I, you know, it's concern myself. I have, you know, to, to, to training every day as, you know, I can be in, in the, in the following week and not in the following game. So yeah, for, for sure, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's easier. But this is the, you know, the our, you know, our position as goalie. So, and you have to deal with. And of course, I think the the positiveness in the, you know, in in the attitude is it's it's important. As through the season that you always have to be positive no matter what as a goalie. Also in a game, you know, can happen. You know, you make a mistake, everything. But you have to be positive. I think on the next ball, on the next, you know, uh, situation. So I think this is why, you know, I'm I'm always positive. Now. This year, there's so many more opportunities. There's the Canadian Championship, there's the Champions League, um, there's also the, the WFC two team. Have you like has anyone spoken to you about what the plans are for you this season? I mean, do they do you think that you'll get some minutes in USL just to keep you kind of game sharp? I think yeah, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for us to have you know second a second team in USL Pro as last year we qualified for the first time for the Concacaf Champions League. So as all the teams, uh, you know, all the players in the team, we have more games, so everyone will be involved in all this competition. So yeah, I'm happy about it. I'm looking forward, yeah. Now, you, you came through the youth system at Inter Milan, and you're, you're a Milan guy yourself, so it's like, did you grow up supporting Inter? Was that, was that your team? Yeah, yeah, it was my team, definitely. You know, I went there when I was uh, nine, so I grew up all, all the time there. I, I watched all the game, you know, in San Siro, you know, every home game, so yeah, I definitely was a supporter of Inter, yeah. And you've played for Italy at youth level, right up to under 20 level, and you're over at one of the Youth World Cups with them. What's your memories of that whole experience? Well, it was, it was a great experience, you know, play for your country, you know, it's something very, very unique, you know, it's great emotion. You know, I remember, you know, the first time I stepped in the field with, you know, Italian national anthem, so you, you represent your country, you know, it's something very good. You travel, you, can have, you are young, but you have the opportunity to travel over the world. I traveled to Peru to play the World Cup, so it was something that, you know, you can, you can know also other school of soccer, you know, football in the other countries when you play against them. So, yeah, it was a great experience. And you've been over here now for, for four years. D do you see yourself at any point wanting to go back to Europe and, and maybe try and get into one of the European teams or do you like life over here? Oh, I, I like here MLS. I think the league is growing, but, you know, I, I'm a guy that, you know, take all the, the, the doors open, you know. If you would ask me, like, five years ago, do you think you're going to go in MLS next year? I would probably say no, because, you know, so I think, you know, if, if the opportunity comes, you know, if, and I like it, I will take it no matter what, no matter where. And at the Whitecaps here, obviously, we've got Marius Rovda. Is, is he as crazy as he comes across? Well, I think he's more a legend. I don't know that he's crazy. <laughs> like, of course, I like him as you know, as uh, as goalkeeper coach. You know, I found myself very good also last year when you said also that you know I didn't have any games you know to play, but he's still in training. You know, I see I see I see myself. You know, that I I grow. I I get I got better. So thanks. You know for for the training we have with him. And well, yeah, of course, he's a little crazy. But I think every goalie has his kind of craziness. So 
Yeah, I think that, that's just the nature of goalkeeping. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, Paolo, and good luck for this season ahead. Thank you very much. That's great. Thanks. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Paolo Tornaghi there talking about his time in Chicago and at the Whitecaps. There, there's not been many players that, that's been Chicago and Whitecaps over the Whitecaps MLS era. You've got Tornaghi, you've got Watson, you've heard them both here. Chicago's manager, of course, now is Frank Yallop. And he's and from Vancouver. He's from Vancouver and, of course, was rumoured to be getting the job before Cal Robinson got it. So we had a chance for an exclusive chat with Frank when he was down in Portland. We played part one of it in the build-up to the Chicago game at the, the end of the pre-season. So we're going to play you the second part of that now, where we just talked to Frank about the, the season ahead, the additions he's made to the team, what you can expect from Chicago Fire this year, and also a little look back as to where things went wrong last year for MLS's draw specialists. So here's Chicago Fire coach Frank Yallop. As you say, a lot of upheaval this off-season. Is it a case now, I mean, you've had a year in the job at Chicago, is it a case now that you've now got your team on the pitch, whereas last season you kind of inherited a team? Yeah, I mean, when you make a lot of changes, though, it's, you know, I wanted to make a lot of changes last year and we couldn't do that. So having having said all that, you know, we've made some good changes this year, but in the offensive ranks, I think defensively we've, we've, we've shored up that as well. So, you know, there's a couple of spots I'm still kind of looking at, but at the, at the moment right now we're... Um, we're in a pretty, pretty good place. I feel that the team that I've put out now is going to be more exciting to, to watch and, and play with um, for the players. So, you know, we're going to be a, a more better on the eye team this season. Just looking back quickly on last season, how would you sum it up? Where do you think it went wrong? You. Obviously, you're a little bit disappointed, but. Uh, yeah, too many draws. I mean, we had 18 ties. I mean, it was just. And we only lost 10 matches, I think. I thought Vancouver was bad, but then yeah, you you're looking and you think, you know, we just didn't have any difference makers, but you know, we have a, hopefully added a couple. Um, you know, we have good, good mentality to work hard and, and try and do the right things. So um, I was pleased with the overall commitment in preseason; has been very good. So I'm looking forward to seeing that come out in the season. Uh, one of the difference makers you, you've added is my countryman Sean Maloney. Mm. What was it that interested you in him, and what kind of impact do you see him making in Major League Soccer? I just like his um, his work rate, his endeavour, and he's got a you know he's got a little t- twist and a turn to him. He's an unsel- unselfish player, you know. I think half of his uh, half of his games he gets a point that means an assist or a goal um, in his career, pretty close to it. So, you know, stuff like that I just like, and he's, he's I've always liked the way he plays. Um, works hard for the team, and he's sharp and he's good. So, you know, I had a chance to get him. I didn't want to let that go by. What can Chicago Fire fans expect from the team this season in the Eastern Conference? And how tough do you think it's going to be in the East? You've lost two teams, but now you've got two new teams coming in. They look really strong. Yeah, it's tough. This league's tough, you know, because we're all kind of supposed to be equal and uh, parity is everything. So every game's tough. Um, you know, we got to make sure that we you know, get enough points to make the playoffs. That's the, that's the big thing is getting that final, final um, playoff picture. And then who knows what's going to happen from there. So it's, it's a big year for us and I'm excited about it. So that's pretty much it for our Chicago pre-game podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. I've got to say this is one of my favourite podcasts that we've done so far in the 99. Um, just getting a chat to these players and, and getting some good build-up to the game. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. So just before we wrap up, well, can I give you our predictions for the weekend? What draw do you think it's going to be, Steve? No, I think it's going to be a win. I think uh, Vancouver 2-1. Oh, I, I'm actually going to go for the draw. Uh, I, I've got some concerns about the pitch. I, I'm going to go for 0-0. I think it's going to be a pretty boring game. Similar to the New England game last year? Yeah. I just, with very little chances because of the wind and everything then? And I'll take it because the White yeah. Cats will get a point on the road, kick the season off so that they've at least got one point going into their, their game with Orlando and then 
their, their next game after that against Portland. I'd love to see the Whitecaps win, and I think from all their away games to kick off the season, especially against the East, this is a game that, as we said earlier, is definitely winnable. I just don't think they will. I'm going to go for nil-nil. So that's it for this episode. As always, thanks for listening. So just before we go, Steve, just let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN, AFTN.ca. You can also find it on Canadian Soccer News, CanadianSoccerNews.com. Most of the Whitecaps Beat Reporter for MLSSoccer.com. And you can read all my Whitecaps coverage on there. So that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Next episode we've got coming up is our 100th episode. Special milestone episode. We've got a few special things, as you'd expect, for that. Some fun features and... Just watch for that coming on Sunday. So until then, as always, thanks for listening, take care, and mon the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh... Everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?